When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You bump up to number one when you're riding a seven-game winning streak and you're coming off of that vibe. I mean, who else would the number one team be right now? They have one loss. They've won seven in a row. And they went to Buffalo and beat the Bills. The number two team lost at home to the Bills. How could you not put the Vikings at number one? Chris, what am I missing? Who would be number one right now if not the Vikings? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, it's it's hard to argue that. You could still argue the Eagles could be one. You could still argue the Chiefs could be one, too. You know, again, I'd how like, could you let that? How could you? But if the Eagles lost, how do the Eagles lose and stay at number one? How, that, that, that can't be. A little more national love. Uh-oh. Put the coffee down and pick the flag up, Todd. Let's go. go. Oh, can't you do that? The Vikings won. Jerry Seinfeld there from from Florida. Also, I saw some stuff going around Twitter yesterday. So Chris Sims had a take and a half. He said, I'm paraphrasing because it's not, I don't have it from me. He goes, the Vikings-Bills game, he goes, (laughs) if you you just watch the all-22 film and take out the scoring plays, It looked to me like Buffalo should have won that game by 20 points. Yep. If you just look at the all 22 film without the scoring plays. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? With, what do you mean without the scoring plays? I have no idea. I saw it too. I have no clue. Without? I, I guess that's like saying that, that the 2009 Vikings in the conference title game, if you take out the Saints scoring plays and the Vikings mistakes, they win by about 25 right. points. Right. If you take away the... I mean, yeah, yeah, the six turnovers or whatever. Yeah, then, yeah, the, then they're going to win. I don't also, say, like, yeah, those happen and they matter. Yeah. And they, yeah. I think it, that idea somewhat, I think, maybe can translate into hockey, Judd. Like, the other team four-checked hard. You take away the scoring plays. They probably should have had more, right? But, like, and I don't think it applies in football at all. Not at all. It's weird. So, so Patrick Peterson studies 30 hours of film or whatever during the week as he talked about on his podcast, and picks up a tendency in the Bills' route running, and specifically Gabe Davis, and says, oh boy, uh, based on my film study and the entire game that I have played so far, if they run this concept and throw this pass, I'm pretty confident I'm going to pick it off. Yeah, it's awesome. And that's not a scoring play, but it's like, you know, it's a a swing play. That's not luck, you know? And I am not a, a um, we-get-no-respect type of guy, but I will say this. There seems to be a national philosophy from some 
they can't comprehend that the Vikings are eight and one, and so they and so there's a there seems to be a group, a faction, not everybody, who's trying to find ways to like work around it. Of like, ah, oh, it's going to end. And I, I think the steam going into the Bills game was, well, they're just going to get beat by the Bills pretty soundly, and that's yeah. going to prove that they had played a bunch of bad teams. Well, then they beat the Bills, and it's sort of this weird, really weird, but great game. And now it's like, okay, how can I find a way to dismiss it again? So, like, because, I mean, this was the perfect storm, in my opinion, of a team that overcame a ton. I mean, again, I am not a, the officials are screwing us guy, but we now have, what, five plays, four Dude, plays? Of, the neutral I mean, zone. The neutral shot. zone. Did you guys see that, too? It's, yes. And, and that's I am a, with you. I detest when people well the officials are out to get the no they're no they're not and it wasn't intentional by the way it was just it was incompetence yes it was it wasn't like a conspiracy that the if the nfl wants to put the bills in the super bowl they can do it later right you know they they can do it in january it was it was pure incompetence so i'm with you on that one you had the 12 men on the field total like you how often does that happen in a goal line situation there's a guy counting them there's an official counting yeah. the men on the field. So, But the point is, it's very hard for me to find ways to dismiss this win. Right? I agree. I agree. I Well, I mean, yes and no. There's a, and I should say, this is a Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where yeah. we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. The show Hello. is presented by our friends. Well, let's come back to that, uh, All right, yeah. was it kind of luck or not thing in a second, state of the offense coming up. Uh, the show is presented by our friends at TCL. Redefine creativity with the TCL 30V 5G smartphone. Enjoy blazing fast 5G speed and an AI-powered 50-megapixel triple camera system. It's mm-hmm. a lot of megapixels. Ultra-realistic and true-to-life visuals powered by Next Vision and booming sound from the dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com. And uh, as the Vikings keep racking up wins, uh, I guess we keep racking up photos of people's cans on social media. And those cans, of course, come from our friends at Surly Brewing. You know, you might be enjoying a Furious. You might be enjoying a Logic Bomb. Or you might be enjoying the Before I Die beer, which we all hope is a prophetic beer that even can be so, can be retired after one year. Is that possible? Well, it appears to be like at least an outside chance of happening. Surly Brewing, though, we will never retire the amount of great beers that come from them, the weekend is coming. College football, Vikings on Sunday against the Cowboys. Make sure that you're well-stocked with Surly so you can enjoy the games and also the best beer around. So is it lucky that Josh Allen fumbled on the you know quarter-inch yard line and the Vikings picked it up for a touchdown? It's, it's largely luck, yes. Now, the Vikings putting themselves in a position yes. to give the ball back to Buffalo that close to the end zone was not, that was not luck. The yes. Vikings drove their asses down the field on the bills, got to the doorstep of the end zone, come back to that in a second too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Vikings got a huge push off the line of scrimmage to force the bills, if not fumbling, maybe into a safety. So uh, yes, like ultimately they dropped a football. You picked it up. It was a crazy play. Definitely some luck involved. Well, let's go back to that fourth down failed conversion, the quarterback sneak for a second. A screenshot came out yesterday. There was like four Bills players with their helmets clearly in the middle of the neutral zone. So the Bills players were like already, this is on the quarter-inch yard line, and the Bills players are already over the football before the ball is snapped. No call, of course. 
And the referee is actually off-center for some reason, it looks like, on the screenshot. And you're right. That's incompetence. So that should have that play should have been run over. It should have been actually should have been a free play for the Vikings, and they should have run it back again. Yep. So you could say the Bills got kind of lucky not getting flagged on that and not having a touchdown from the doorstep of the end zone. So if the Vikings just sneak the ball in and they win the game that way, is it luck? So I'm with you. I'm not trying to be Homer guy here or anything, but it just feels like the the tone and the way people are talking about this, they're they're putting so much emphasis on the fluke fumble play and not enough on the circumstances in and around it for basically the entire second half and the comeback and then the overtime sequences, you know? And I think part of this is because of the national media's resistance to move off their thoughts, which at the start of the year is this is going to be a re- building team that might be okay, but they're certainly not going to be great. Um, there just seems to be a resistance among a large group nationally of this can't be happening. Like this can't be. And look, of all the sports, I mean, football, man, it changes every year. Yes. It changes every The NFC East was garbage. Garbage. And now there is not a team under 500. The NFC South has Tom Brady. And now it's not very good. So no. so I think this need in football to be, you know, we've always said when the schedule comes out that as we go through it, by about the time you get to this month, November, there's going to be a group of teams that you expected to be good that aren't. And conversely, like the Vikings, a group of teams that you thought might be okay or not good, and they are good. So I just, the lack of respect thing, I absolutely hate that storyline. But in this case, it's very clear there are a lot of people struggling and it doesn't make sense. And instead of saying what we said yesterday, which was on Kirk, for instance, I was wrong. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're trying to find like, okay, but they're going to get to this game or that game. I'm now to the point where personally, I'm saying this. It's a fun ride. It's an enjoyable ride. Yeah. I have no idea where the ride ends, but I'm going to follow it and I'm yeah. going to enjoy it. Like, you know, these years don't come along every season and just to assume that now they're going to be on this great trajectory again it's football it's weird take the take the luck that you get with the way with the fact that you're playing well and certain vets are playing out of their minds um and couple that to take the ride as long as it will take you yes that's advice from the sports dad having watched you know f- almost five decades of vikings football and other in 2010 sports. when i assumed the team was going to be damn good yeah um, so, all right, let's get into our state of the offense, the meat of this episode. We'll get to a random Viking of the week later on. So I give, I give you guys four categories of interest, and we'll do a deep dive into them. But let's start with just the overall snapshot of where this offense ranks in some key big-picture categories. Points per game, so pure scoring offense. The Vikings are eighth in the NFL, and there's a bunch of teams sort of between you know, five, six, seven, eight, they're a half point per game out of a top five slot right now. The Seahawks occupy the fifth best offense points per game, which is another kind of shocker. I think people would have been floored to hear that before the season. So eighth in points per game, 16th in yards per play, 12th in expected points added, more of an analytical sort of process related stat. And same with DVOA, which is Football Outsiders ranking there, 17th. So some of the yardage and process metrics have them 12th, 16th, and 17th. But the results of how many points are you actually scoring, 
They are the eighth highest scoring offense in the NFL. And that's the type of thing, too. So we, we get, I feel like, and this includes us, we get so caught up in the metrics, and there are so many now, right, that speak to things and speak to, okay, that okay, this team should win because of this, or they shouldn't win because of that. But you know what? And I feel like that this is true of the stat that you just read, Phil, and it's true of the defensive points allowed stat as well. When it comes to the most important stats, they are, for the most part, solid. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say they're great, but they're solid. And so, like, we could probably, you, you could probably find five stats right now that would lend credence to the Vikings are not that good. But, like, when you look at the most important ones, you start to see this consistency of, okay, they might not convince you totally that they're a great team, but what's the most important thing? Not allowing scores and getting scores. Yep. So that's intriguing. Uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of these categories are all kind of fascinating, and I, I'm going to give you a, a Kirk one to start with here. Mm-hmm. So this category is Bizarro Kirk. He ranks 20th in passer rating, and he, I think, going into the season, had one of the five or six best passer ratings in NFL history. He was on a list with, like, Drew Brees and Tom Brady and some of these guys. Now, some of it's, you know, if, if you happen to play quarterback in the last 10 or 15 years, it's just you're going to have a higher pass rating because it's way easier to do that now than it was in the 90s or the 70s. Right. In the 70s, I mean, I saw a clip, actually. This is probably from, like, the 50s. I follow a couple of these old football films accounts on Twitter. Do you yeah. guys follow some of these? Oh, yeah. Yes. And every day they're just they're pumping out these old clips. <laughs> and there was a clip. It was like a leather helmet game from the 50s or something. And uh, it's a muddy field. And the ball is snapped, and a quarterback does a little jump pass, just kind of like both yep. feet, two-handed jump pass yep. over the line of scrimmage. And the receiver, I think the receiver even dropped the ball. So he jump passes, lands, watches the play, and probably like three seconds after the play, a defensive player comes over and just clubs him over the head and knocks him down and walks back to the huddle. Yep. No oh, call. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the 70s are incredible, man. Guys wore stick'em. That that was the best part. Like um, there there were defensive backs were had stick them, so their hands would be just you know globbed up with stuff. A two They'd, finger interception. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man, look at that. It was thing. like Velcro. It was like the football was Velcro. And then and then to your point, worst case, if a guy caught a ball, they would lay him out like helmet to helmet. A ball Jack would pop Tatum, out. Chuck yes. Cecil from the eighties. Less oh my god! Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. So it's yes, it is thing. easier. It's easier to improve your completion percentage. And, yes, and passer rating out. So here's here's what I mean by Bizarro Kirk. So traditionally, he's always putting up big passer rating, right? You know, big completion percentage, all this stuff. So this year, he is. Tw- he also has one of the highest completion percentages in NFL history. So this year, he's 20th in passer rating. He is 19th in completion percentage. He's 23rd in QBR, 17th in EPA, expected points added. And he has the fourth most interceptions of any quarterback in the NFL. If I were to stop there and say, okay, before the season, this is how it's going to go for Kirk. What's the Vikings record going to be after nine games? How many mathematical uh, attempts would you have to take before you got to eight and one, right? Yeah, I don't think I could have gotten there, to be honest with you. It's, it's everything I, don't know I could have ever landed there. 
his stats are just the antithesis of his entire career to this point. <laughs> but so is the win-loss total, which yes. brings me to the other half of the Bizarro Kirk stats. So yep. the team is 8-1. and one. Kirk leads the NFL with five fourth-quarter comebacks tied with, can you guess? Oh, he's, he's tied, tied with? with someone. Ooh, who's been who's been rallying a lot? Not someone that not someone Dan, that would be top Danny of Dimes. Mind. You're getting warmer. You it's, it's not someone that we so we ranked our top fifteen or in Judd's case eleven quarterbacks on yeah, Mackie yeah. and Judd today. This player did not show up in our rankings. Oh, okay. This player got benched actually. Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan has five fourth quarter comebacks oh, this I, year. Okay, you could have given me all day. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. So Kirk leads the NFL with five fourth quarter comebacks. In fourth quarter and overtime, in one score games, when, when it's a one score game in fourth quarter overtime, he has one of the best passer ratings in the NFL. And his passer rating is 15 points higher in those situations than his overall passer rating. Yep. When he's under pressure this season, According to Pro Football Focus, Kirk is tied for fourth in the NFL in big-time throws, which is kind of a subjective thing, but it's like a chunk play or you're getting smoked and you hit a receiver on the run for a big play. Mm-hmm. He has the fourth most big-time throws under pressure. And also, when under pressure, Kirk has gone from 32nd in the NFL last year in yards per attempt to 11th. He's not amazing under pressure, but he was atrocious under pressure last year and he's now very much competitive under pressure yep so to me like this goes to show you forget about a lot of the other big picture stats if you can be great late in games in close games and when the defense is pressuring you if you can be competitive it's going to make up for Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff it's going to swing games because all these games are close anyways right so this is we're seeing you guys are finally giving him the credit that he's look at what he's this, this is this is the antith this is the flip flop version of what we saw yeah. in the first three years for sure with Kirk Cousins. So the one stat that you gave that's a, a negative stat that might have been a tell to success are the picks. Um because I was convinced Kirk couldn't throw wouldn't make the throws that get picked. And he has. He has. Now I, I get it. The second pick against Buffalo was terrible. The first one wasn't great. It sailed in, in that case. But you know what? If you go through his picks, we actually could do, do this. We could put together a collection of the good and bad picks by Kirk um, because the bad picks come to mind. Philadelphia, the the one in the front of the end zone towards the corner, that was a bad pick because that pass ha- has to go towards the pylon uh, in the back of the end zone. Uh, the one against Chicago that got away from him a little bit, and then I'd say the two against Buffalo are certainly both questionable. But you know what? The, but the pass that he threw to Jefferson, the first pick against Philadelphia, where Justin ran the wrong route, was a good pick. That's a good pass. Mm-hmm. You've got to make that pass. Justin screwed up the route, so it didn't work. But, I mean, there is this is the first time that I could actually go, go through, and I think you can very much, and I'm sure O'Connell does this, you can put his picks into bins. But I think the fact that he has, he has more picks, I think he's at one more now, than he had all of last season is absolutely a tell to the fact that they are getting what they want from him in taking some chances, which now leads to more confidence late in games, I think. I think the weird narrative that's just really honestly frustrating me about Kirk is I've seen it and I've seen it a lot in the last few weeks. Well, hey, uh, you know, statistically, Kirk Cousins, a lot better last season. What what what's the what's the point 
of bringing up that he was statistically better last season? What 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 would be the end game and what would be the rhetoric that you're trying to push that, hey, last season he was a lot better? He's winning games. He's clutch in big-time moments. You're paying him a big cap number. You want him to deliver in clutch moments. I guess I don't understand why people would be clutching to the fact of, well, he was even better last season. They were, they're the same team that they were last season that they've always been with Kirk. This year, it's a different version of Kirk individually and statistically, and it's translating the team success. Why are we getting hung up on 2021 and previous Kirk Cousins statistics? Well, and I, and I would say, you know, to that point, okay, if I told you his overall numbers are going to be worse, but he's going to take a step forward in a couple really high leverage categories where the game is on the line or, you know, the defense knows you're going to pass, they're going to get pressure. And now all of a sudden he's got, you know, two more yards per attempt. He goes from second up to 11th. What would you rather have? Give me the high leverage success, you know? Yeah, it's not close. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Before we get to some of these other categories, Judd, want to, you tell the world about Livia and how to lose weight during the holiday season. I will indeed, and uh, I will tell you about the deal that is going on right now. Started this week, the holiday deal, save 50%. That's right, best offer of the year, save 50%, drop the weight, start doing it now because by the time football season is done, spring gets here, you're going to feel great, you're going to be in shape. You know what? Like right now, if you're on the couch and you're like, I don't feel like I can go work work out because I'm I'm carrying too much weight. Livy is going to put you on the right track to take that weight off, and then you can go to the health club. You you can feel absolutely fantastic. Eight five five go L I V E A Livia dot com L I V E A dot com inside the state or out. So if you are a a PD uh, viewer in I don't know Florida, heck. In Seattle, dare I say. And you're saying, I'd like to drop some weight? Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Uh, also, Thursday marks the beginning of the football weekend deck, so uh, right. Underdog is going to be popping for the next few days. Absolutely. I saw a Vikings fan send me this slip uh, that he already locked in. Some lines start to trickle in throughout the week on Underdog Fantasy, and he pointed out to me, and hopefully old Dex tweets can cash in this week as well, that Dalvin Cook, you should take the over on rushing yards and receiving yards because the Cowboys have surrendered over 200 yards rushing the last few weeks. So why don't you take the over on Dalvin Cook? And even though you don't like to take, you know, overs against Vikings defense, they are playing some backup QBs. C.D. Lamb might be having a good day. you got to mix and match some of these options sometimes underdog fantasy, which is the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. You can uh, join underdog fantasy with promo code SCORE. It's S-K-O-R. They will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks on underdog fantasy. There's some great options too, Jed. I was uh, actually dabbling into some NBA yesterday. There's NHL options. There's PGA options. Uh, with Underdog Fantasy. So join with Underdog Fantasy, promo code score SKOR, and they'll match that first deposit up to 100 bucks. Wild and the Under sounds very intriguing to me. Yes. Wild and the Unders. Could do that as well. That sounds like a great, uh, like a great 50s unders. do-up band. Sounds like the Wonders. Uh, that's <laughs> sounds like true. the Wonders, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, all right, are we are we back here? By the way, I, I think so. I think yeah. Who's pixelating? I can it's, no longer. It's Phil. It's, uh, it's Phil. Okay, it's, okay. It's been sometimes me the last me. couple of days. Yes. We've had just like sometimes it's starting me. with we literally had we had the most people on Ventline that we've ever had on Sunday, and it's uh it it through. Long story short, I think we found a glitch in the matrix here on the platform that we used, and so we have a Plan B. This is the third time I've gone to the Plan B this week. Hopefully, this works. 
Okay. And we can uh, continue forward. Keep me posted. Just text me, Dex. We'll do. It's weird. Ooh, it's um, good now. Okay. Category number two here. It's self-scout success. We like alliteration <laughs> here on scout Purple Daily. Success. Self-scout Say success. That Say that. Self, self-scout yes. success. I can't. No. I can't. No, because you're going to end up saying something you don't really, really <laughs> don't want to say, and then you're going to have to take it out. Uh, Okay, this is from our friends at The Athletic. The Vikings offense before the bye week averaged six air yards per attempt on throws, which was 32nd in the NFL in terms of, like, how far are you throwing the ball in the air? After the bye week, it jumps up to 8.3 from 6 to 8.3, which is 11th in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So self-scout week, they said, we need to do a better job of getting the ball further down the field, okay? See those see that Justin Jefferson guy out there, okay? Before the bye week, Justin Jefferson was targeted four times on passes that traveled at 20 yards in the air. Yep. After the bye week, which is fee- far fewer games, by the way, half the number of games, he goes from four targets to nine targets in the air, 20 yards or more. Kevin O'Connell. We're seeing... This is exactly what self-scouting week is made for, right? What do we need to do to be more explosive offensively? Yes. Chunk the ball further down the field. Yes. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yep. And and here's what I love, too. They didn't pick something that was uh, just a small problem, right? Like Because, I mean, football coaches, especially the old school ones, are like everything that we're do- doing, some of it can be improved, but, you know, fundamentally I believe in what we're doing offensively and this also goes to and this is the absolute key to life I love it you know this goes back to last year's Detroit game right first half Jefferson goes off second half he's been taken away nothing that we can do and all the filmsies were like well just look at the look at the uh at the shell coverage filmsies know that you can't throw into that and and but but then here's the best part the Vikings before the bye sort of fell into the same thing, right? They, they well, did. Just, and so there was a conversation. And, I mean, just think about this for a second. There was a conversation because um, I think O'Connell worked hard to keep Justin's spirits up, so he wasn't a problem. But there was a conversation with Kirk where, like, Sunday's throw, crazy throw, crazy catch was probably discussed to a certain point, which is we're going to have to trust – we're going to have to trust the process of your throws and – and Justin's abilities. So, like, I love, I don't just love the stats that you read because of, yeah, it's common sense. I love it because it's a pivot into doing something that you're probably not entirely comfortable doing, but if you're going to win, you have to. Just think about that for a second. Yeah, no, I it is. It. It's it's a, it's it's like this uncomfortable deep end of the pool. And and Kirk Cousins, I mean, we've mentioned this before on the show. You know, he uh, he wrote a book, I don't know, I think it was at the end of his time in Washington, there was a book about kind of his college career and his Washington career. And at the beginning of the book, he talks about an interception he threw against Notre Dame in college and it like right away kind of derailed them. And he kind of vowed, like, I'm not, I'm never going to derail a game. I don't want to be the guy that, that makes a dumb mistake. So his ethos as a quarterback has been not how crazy, wild, and aggressive can I be, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, et cetera. Tom Brady kind of subscribes to the same ethos. It's a lot of like death by paper cuts throughout his career. Right. And but, Kirk, Kirk tries to be a death by paper cuts guy, but he's, he's like a diet diet version of Tom Brady in that regard. You and, know? Kirk, and, and, and Kirk was asked about the Jefferson catch. I think it was about the throw yesterday. And Kirk went out of his way because he, again, now, now he's Kirk. Kirk will change is gone, right? Until yeah. Sunday. 
Kirk started to talk about how he didn't like the throw. He, it mm-hmm. should have been lower. It shouldn't. It wasn't thought. It was too high. Okay, first of all, you're throwing it to Justin Jefferson. Yes, that ball was too high for probably Thielen. That ball was too high for Declan Goff. Yeah, I get all I that. Got good vertical. But but the other thing with Kirk is that's the risk ad- adverse Kirk because in my opinion, um, yeah, you can bring that ball down, but look at the defenders around Kirk. Like, you would have left yourself open to a a lot of bad things there, too. I mean, it was a desperation throw. Um, But I just love how Kirk O'Chains dries up basically starting Monday through Saturday and goes back to risk-adverse Kirk. But then Kirk O'Chains comes out and is like, we got to make this throw. That's great. I love it. I love it. And and Kirk O'Chains is being empowered by the little, uh, you know, the the devil on his shoulder. It's O'Connell saying, throw it. Yeah, that's yep. right. I know you want to throw it to Hawkinson, but throw it further down the field. Throw yep. it into quadruple and, coverage. And we got a tweet from a guy coward. saying, stop with that. Kirk wouldn't have, you You guys have gone too far. Kirk wouldn't have checked that ball down. Dude, did you watch Kirk since 18 through 21? Dude. Dude. It's there, 100%. There's, been, there's been times where he's literally thrown the ball away on like, you know, third and fourth downs. <laughs> or like yeah. Hail, Hail Mary at the end of the half, he'll just like chuck it out of bounds. <laughs> the, the Irv Smith pass here to me this year was was now it was not as dire, but that was a third long. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's yes. There is a. I guess if you can't spot the difference, and we've been giving you all these numbers, the different numbers and stuff too. If you can't, if you can't spot the difference, then what are you saying about Kevin O'Connell? If you're saying this is the same guy who's been there all the time, oh, is it? So, so, so you could just have Mike Zimmer could just be the coach. Like what? You know, there's clearly differences. Yes. Dig deep, and we try to bring those to you on Thursdays here. Uh, okay, category three is called discipline. The Vikings, and this is more of an all-encompassing one here, but I'll get to the offense. The Vikings are the fourth least penalized team in the NFL this season. On offense, they've only had, so they've played, what, nine games? They've only had seven false start penalties all season. Three on Fewer the opening drive against the Bengals last year, right? Yes. Opening drive? First Opening play. drive, they had three last year. They yes. have seven false starts all year. Yes. They only have five offensive holding calls all year, and I think a couple of them are on tight ends. So, I, I mean, the offensive line has been called for holding like three times, I think, all season. And the Darisaw one was a rough one on Sunday. Yep, it was brutal. So 12 combined false starts and offensive holding penalties. So basically like one a game, a little more than one a game on average. Last year, they averaged just under three per game. So you might not think that's a heat, but that's twice per game extra last year that they were like killing a drive or putting themselves in a first and 17 after a holding call or something. Yep. And I'm, this is if, if we get Kevin O'Connell on again, and we had a great chat with him on Purple Daily at the beginning of the season. One of the first things I would just love to ask him is this was how the Rams were last year, too. The Rams like didn't commit these penalties. And now the Vikings aren't committing these penalties. Mm-hmm. What is it about the communication in the huddle or the communication at practice? Is it a is it a cadence thing? How how do you not like Ed Ingram's a rookie right guard? Wouldn't How's you expect him to have about eight of these? Oli Udo had a bunch of penalties last year. So yeah. what is it about the system and the communication that it, everyone's just on the same page with false starts? No one's jumping. And what is it about the coaching? where no one's holding along the offensive line. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, the the false start uh, thing to me um, certainly potentially could be coaching and practice as well. The holding thing is, the holding thing's a combination 
I would say the first one, I'm not entirely sure. The second one is probably just improvement of, of the, the line too, right? Like Christian Derisov for the most part, just doesn't, he doesn't hold because he pancaked your ass. Yeah. Um, O'Neal, same thing. So I, I think that's probably a little bit to do with just the fact that this line is going to get more respect too, because they're now seen as a pretty stable unit. Uh, but yeah, there's a couple, there are some things that are going on here that we don't talk about because if they don't occur, they, they just get lost. Discipline's a huge one because if these guys were taking penalties, we'd be talking about it constantly because of coaching. Uh, the, and this is starting to get to be a little bit more of, of a problem, but it feels like they've done a really good job because there's some things you can't control. It's their health. It's it's keeping them fresh. You know, training camp was was not hard. and But you said to yourself, okay, you're going to play 17 games, right? And for the most part, like concussions you can't control. So like the, they're going to take place. But if you mm-hmm. think about hamstrings right like all the things that the twins had right look at the amount of guys and and yesterday key example so they come back from the buffalo game which is just a great but just a physical tough game and on wednesday which is a huge installation day they do a walkthrough they don't practice yep they they do a walkthrough the entire strategy going into the game in london against the saints like go back and read those stories of how they approached it like they have done from a, a health standpoint, mm-hmm. they have done a fantastic job. And because they have, we don't talk about it. But guess what? You know, Zim would practice. And again, I don't mean to dump here, but it's just the difference. It's true. Zimmer he would, he would, would ignore some of the, the data. Exactly. That they, it wasn't that they didn't have the data. It was, ah. There were people who quit. Practice. There were people who quit because they were basically told, shut up. I, I mean, I will never forget coming off that Saints playoff win. Adam Thielen in practice almost ruptured his Achilles. Mm. You don't do that in a walkthrough. That's mm-hmm. done in in the course of a real hard practice. So, like, there are a lot of things here that are transpiring that don't get talked about because if they don't happen, you don't think about them. That are absolutely a key to why this team is eight and one. Yes. Yep, these are. Yeah, and you're right. It's some of the stuff that it's the stuff that you don't spot. That's just you just almost take it for granted. Yes, you don't really think about your. You know, when you're in overtime against the Bills, you don't really think about the fact that you know this team has only taken seven false start penalties this season. That's that's interesting. That's one of the reasons why they're winning this game. It doesn't it doesn't cross your mind really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's uh, sometimes it's the things that don't happen that are that are reasons why you win. And then the fourth category here is called redemption. And quite simply, it is Garrett Bradbury. He is the ninth best center in the NFL this season, according to Pro Football Focus's grades. As always, he's been much better as a run blocker than a pass protector, but he's been passable as a pass protector. Yep. He's allowing on average about two pressures per game, which is, you know, not not perfect. Um, but he's he has he has become at least an average center. He's no longer this liability that he was in the first three years. And that's part of the reason why Kirk is able to stand in there and make some big plays. I mean, we talked about it this week on the shows. Go watch that throw that Kirk made into double coverage, fading toward the front pylon to Justin Jefferson to set the Vikings up. And uh, I think that was the overtime throw that he made. Garrett Bradbury 
blocked two different defensive linemen on a twist on that play to give Kirk the time he needed to chuck a ball down the field. Uh, so he's been he's been clutch at times too with some of those pickups. So Garrett Bradbury deserves a ton of credit, maybe even more so. This coaching staff, whatever they've done to get more out of Bradbury, and it's a contract year. He also knows that if he wants to be a starting offensive lineman in this league going forward and make millions of dollars, he had to play well this year, or it's likely that his career would have gone down the toilet. So um, redemption for Garrett Bradbury so far this year. He's number two on, on my list of uh, things I was most wrong about for the Vikings. Kirk is still one because I yeah. did not think he was capable of this. Uh, Bradbury is too, though. And, and I, I mean, it also has to be scheme and coaching, right? Like they have created, he's done his, his job, but you know, clearly somebody got to him and, and because he is playing, he has graduated from being, to use your term, a liability. I mean, yeah. this guy looked awful and now he's, and now he is passable to solid. So yeah, he, now if he's If he's going to get paid, I don't think I'm the one paying him. So if I'm the Vikings and he's like, I am breaking the bank, I'm like, dude, you know what? We really appreciate you. Bye. But that being said, yeah, I thought that he would I thought that he would get steamrolled starting in week one. And so far he definitely has not to his credit. Yep. So there you go. That's your state of the offense, gentlemen. The uh the four key categories for this week. Bizarro Kirk, self scout success, um, discipline and redemption. So some good stuff, some good trends, some clutch Kirk mixed in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Declan, when you were uh, speaking to aspiring journalism students last week, Judd and I unveiled a new weekly segment going okay. forward here called Football. Let's Dive Entirely Too Deep Into the <laughs> NFC Playoff Picture Entirely Too Early. So right now, the Vikings are tied with the Eagles with an 8-1 and record, but the Eagles are still the number one seed because they beat the Vikings earlier this year in a head-to-head. So if the playoffs started today, the Vikings would be hosting the seven-seed San Francisco 49ers at U.S. Bank Stadium on Super Wild Card Weekend. The Niners right now are just a half game above the Commanders for that seven-seed, but the Niners are also just a half game behind Seattle for their own division, uh, which would bump them up to, like, the third seed right Right. now. So you're kind of, you got the Niners right now, but you're a half game away from the Seahawks coming to U.S. Bank Stadium or the Commanders coming to U.S. Bank Stadium. I will also mention a team that's only a game and a half back of the seventh seed is the Green Bay Packers (laughs) at four and six. That is not a team. I think I think the division's fine, but that is not a team to dismiss from claiming uh, some low hanging fruit at the bottom of the wild card standing. So, what do you guys think of this right now? Vikings versus Niners, but also could be possibly Seahawks or Commanders a half game out. Go ahead, Dex. You know, I I don't fear San Francisco as much um, as I think a lot of people do. They're they're a very well deep. They're they're a deep team, almost every position but quarterback. Obviously, CMC gives them a, a kind of a new wrinkle and layer, and and maybe that's going to be something that unlocks something for them and their defense is pretty good I just I don't know if there's enough there from the quarterback and head coach that they're they're, they're going to be able to beat the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium and I also think I don't know why this is happening a little bit but I feel like we're getting in a little bit of Minnesota cower of okay so we're cracking a home game all right oh I don't want to play that team you know that team kind of scares me a little bit no Bring them all baby and, and, I want yeah. the Eagles I legitimately want yes. the Eagles yes in I, the playoffs and that's my point is just 
bring on. You're gonna you're gonna be favored most likely. You're gonna be at home. Embrace that stuff. You're not, you can't just oh what well, I really want to play. Uh, you know the Atlanta Falcons because they could win the South and they're really stinky. Like no no no. Like you're gonna face tough competition in the playoffs. Embrace whoever that is. I yeah. agree with that Amen, completely. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Except Tom Brady. Uh, no, San Francisco still yeah. scares me. That defense scares me. But yeah, no. No, totally, yeah, we, totally agree, except for uh, yeah, the Buccaneers, the Eagles, yeah, and San Packers, Francisco. Otherwise, and the Packers, I don't want them. But hard to win uh, but, three but times. The Cardinals, if they go on a run, bring them. Purposely, on. purposely lose the second to last game so that you aren't. If you face yeah. the Packers, you're not trying to beat them three times because we all know how difficult it is to beat a team three times. Yep. So yeah, I, mean, I do think I'm. I don't fear any of these teams. The Vikings are one of the best teams in the NFL, and I, I bring them all on. Uh, in terms of teams that could have a good chance of beating you, I guess, at U.S. Bank Stadium. The 49ers would rank pretty high on that list. So, no, I still say that'd be a fun. There should be a revenge tour here. You know, the teams that have beat you in the playoffs lately, right? The Niners smoked you on the road. The Eagles embarrassed you in 2017. So those are two teams you could check off. Maybe even the Seahawks. Maybe you get the Seahawks in the first round. A little Blair Walsh 27-yarder miss revenge game. And then you go through the Niners, go through the Eagles. Huh? You know what? I'm not concerned about the opponent. I do want home field. So, oh, like, yeah, that's yeah, that's the one thing that I will say that you be, because if you can get that, to me, it's just so huge. It is. So it bring them all on. Difference. Just yeah. keep them here. Just bring them all here. Just yes, bring them bring here. Them all, yeah. Or there, I guess, because if I, if I say yeah, here, technically yeah. you become into Lumen Field for a game against Seattle. You don't want that. 12th smoke. man. 12th man is a pain in the ass. Yeah. The Seahawks have the proverbial sort of uh, figurative 12th man. The Bills have the literal 12th, the 12th man, man on the field. And nobody sees it. That should be their thing. Like five <laughs> times a game, we're going to find a creative way to play a, a snap on defense with 12 guys. Or You offense. know what you can call it? <laughs> Three high shell. <laughs> Oh my God! There's a third high shell. What's that? Not a tell. Crazy. Are there six safeties out there? What's happening? Football. It's amazing. All right. It's a hologram. It's time now for the weekly challenge. Judd versus the world here. Judd versus me or Declan in random Viking of the week. Presented by our friends in part at Federated Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Been around for over a hundred years. They have all sorts of experience with a guiding hand to help navigate your business through risk management, all sorts of tools and resources. You can find a full list at federatedinsurance.com. What just happened? Who's what dying back there? I, I think it was your end, Judd Zolgad. No one, I'm, in, I'm alone in a locked studio. I, I don't think it was Phil's beloved. I think it was yours, <laughs> beloved. I don't think so. Or Stella. It didn't sound like it was coming from my house. That, oh, my God, the call's a, coming the call's from my house. house. It's Juan. It's Juan. Juan's Speaking in the of house. risk management. Hey, Juan's been paid. Juan was outstanding. Best 160 I've spent. Um, you can find a full list of industries Federated works with and specializes in at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. And also, our friends at Nutrisource, the official dog food of Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. The Nutrisource chicken and rice food has been Maya's favorite for several months now. Uh, she snagged a couple of her favorite training treats this morning as we walked around the city. As the sun rose up, it was great. I'm sure Stella is uh, is still holding strong there, Judd, at a much older age, thanks to Nutrisource. Oh, who, who's a good girl? I'll tell you oh, right Stella. now. That's a good girl. Oh, Stella's Stella. a good girl. You know why Stella's a good girl? Penny. 
Because she's happy. And why is she happy? Well, the answer is right there, as Phil just said. The training rewards treats from our friends at Nutrisource, not to mention the fact that she had me up at, uh, I believe it was 5.45 a.m. this morning, making sure that she got her her breakfast because she loves it. She's a good girl because of Nutrisource. Who's a good girl? We'll just do the whole dog race the whole time. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. All right. All right, so Judd has a 38-23 to 23 lead all-time here on Phil and Old Dex. However, However, we have taken four of the last five against yeah, Judd. Yeah. And Judd admitted last week that he feels like he needs a bye week or something. Yep, yep. You but know the, what? But the random Viking train does not stop. I it need a walkthrough. You guys are forcing me to practice every week. I'm tiring out. It's a real problem. There, there, there could be a case that maybe Judd is the questionnaire and it's me and Mackie going against each other. Where's my Kevin O'Connell? That's what I need. I need my own Kevin O'Connell. Well, let's see if Judd can rebound here. or if So this would be a three-game winning streak, the first time since uh, we correctly guessed Marquise Gray, Corey Chavis, and Pat Williams a few right. months ago. Dex, okay, so let's do this. So we can do this. The other three-game winning streak Dex had was Jarek McKinnon, John Carlson, Jermaine Wiggins. Oh, and then he had another one. Brock Lesnar, Jay Fiedler, Joe Webb. That's feast. It's famine, you know. It's famine, famine, feast. You know. Sometimes. And then Judd rolls Adrian off like Peterson. five in a row sometimes, yeah, and yeah. yeah. All right, this random Viking. So I'm going to give you guys clues. You can guess up to three times incorrectly before you're eliminated. You can ask me questions. I can refuse to answer if I choose. This random Viking hails from Rocky River, Ohio. Okay. Rocky River, Rocky River, Ohio. Okay. This random Viking. Played college football in the Big East. Mm. The Big East. So big. UConn. UConn in the Big East. Uh, it's He's talking about the old Big East. It's changed a lot. They've okay. been in the Big East. Yeah, you're not. You're, uh, he did not is, play at UConn. I, I know that. Yeah. Um, I think I know where he played. Okay. You want to guess? Not yet. I only have three guesses. They're like timeouts. They're precious. You think you know where he played? You already have like a Well, the Big this? East has certain football powers, and it, it had a lot of bad football teams. I don't know. Okay. You hate college football. This random Viking of the week. <laughs> now, now I feel like Judd's, Judd's on the scent here, so I'm going to have to change up my clues. Um, this random Viking of the week, after his career was over, spent time coaching with South Florida University, the Montreal Alouettes, and the Tampa Bay Storm of the AFL. Wait. So, South Florida, mm-hmm. Montreal, and the last team is the... The Tampa Bay Storm of the AFL. Interesting. Okay, is this the league that was that Culpepper was in with Sacramento? I think so, yeah. I think it's now defunct. It is. This uh, random Viking of the Week played four career playoff games. This random Viking of the Week played 156 career NFL games. Regular season. Nice career. Hmm. This random Viking of the Week was a two-sport athlete in high school. Mm -hmm. The other sport he played was lacrosse. Sport athlete in high school, South Florida, Montreal, 
This random Viking of the week was once a second team all pro. Hmm. Second team. In the NFL, obviously. And was it with the yes. Vikings? Yeah. Yes. This random Viking of the week. Oh, I'm trying to figure out where to go with these clues. Judd's throwing me off. I don't know that I don't know that Judd actually had a beat on this, but um, I will say uh, this random Viking week was a first round draft pick. I'll give you that one. He's a first round draft pick. Not going to tell you which team yet, though. Okay. Whether it was the Vikings or somebody else. This random Viking of the week. According to his Instagram, mm-hmm. which is very active. Still? Yeah. Still very active. Okay. Looks like he's lost a considerable amount of weight to okay. me anyways. Okay. Has definitely has some shreds going on. Some shreds going on. And I if you would have said, is this dude gonna be shredded? I would have been like, I don't know. Maybe not that shredded. Or maybe he was shredded, but but definitely looks like he's lost some weight. Huh. This nice. random Viking of the week yeah. was once pulled over, and uh, he was pulled over for DUI That's once for allegedly blowing a .31, which was more than three times. The, that's like four Christ. times the legal limit. He wasn't dead. Oh, and he's still on Instagram. Unfortunately, had one of his kids in the car too, which was a problem. Oh. I don't want to make light of that situation. I think everything turned out okay. Dude, I... Looks like he's you know just starting doing okay. Who is but... this? This is unfortunate that now now it's starting to click because I kind of remember it, this story happening. Okay. Um, yeah, so do I will I... say that this happened after his career, but like you probably would have, you probably would have seen it. I'll give you the coaches. Okay. Mike Tice, Dennis Green, Steve Spagnolo, Raheem Morris, and John Gruden. Oh. Uh, ah. Uh. And Gruden. Now the question is, so Raheem Morris, Gruden, uh. Spe- Spags. <laughs> uh. So first round pick, though? Uh. Yeah. And he played for so okay, what who was his first coach? Don't answer that, Phil. Okay. I'll I will honor Declan's request okay. to not answer that right now. Oh God. Green spag. <laughs> so that's the timeline here. I know exactly the end. I don't But he made he made the uh, Pro Football Writers Association All Rookie Team as well. Josh Freeman. No, damn it, that didn't. That that wouldn't be it. He was a first round pick, and he's an idiot. Well, the 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 DWI has me. Okay, so yeah, because I don't think Josh Freeman ever got. He never played for Spags. That I recall, and I I feel like this is the first time very much that this is now like like potentially by guessing, libeling people, because I mean this guy this guy was a lout. His I'm kid in the car? Sp- I'm going to try and speak Declan's language here. Maybe Judd's a little bit, but probably more Declan's Point language. 
if you were to meet this guy Yo, out, everyone? I don't know that he drinks anymore. But if you were uh-huh. to meet Hope this not. guy out, I'm guessing his favorite drink would be a Jameson ginger. Yeah, this is speaking Declan's language way more. Um, hold on. Oh. So first round pick. I first round pick, but we don't know. But we don't know the team that he was a first round pick with. See, like we have not established. We've established he played for Dennis Green and Mike Tice. And he's a uh, the the Spags. By the way, he I, I I'll give you the thing on the Spags being his coach. Uh, it was off season only. He was put on injured reserve. And never played that season. So Spags was only his, like, training camp coach. Yeah, fire that music back up. Fire that music back up. Okay, so okay, so he was put on injured reserve. He's a defensive player. Okay, this helps. This helps. Um, Lance Johnstone? Oh, that's a good one. That might be it. Okay, all right. He was teammates once with Lance Johnstone. I'd like to say this right now. Lance, I apologize. You probably never got a Dewey. You probably never drove with your kid in the car. The fact that you think Lance Johnstone got a DUI is the headline here. This comes from a a place of sorrow? Comes from a place of deep sorrow? I'm sorry, Lance Johnstone. I libeled you. I didn't mean to. It's part of the game. Um, Uh, I would say that his... So, I'll give you another one here. Um, I don't know that he likes horror movies. But if he did like horror movies, for more than one reason, I would guess that Child's Play uh, with Chucky would probably be his his favorite. For a couple reasons. Damn, am I struggling. One, because John Gruden was one of his coaches. But yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I, I thought of that one, yeah. Uh, so he, um, he clearly ended his career at the Bucks because where he Morris coached the Bucks, Gruden well, coached, right? Technically, he ended his career with... Steve Spagnolo and the Rams, technically, but okay, he never so played he a game for the by, Rams. So he was signed by them. <clears throat> they were going to play him, but then a he got first hurt. Round dra- kind of a so what was he a first? So he was a first round pick of the Vikings. Yes, he was because he he played for Green. Yes, he was. He played for Dennis Green. His oh, career dude. started red hot, <laughs> and then he was fine. The rest of his career, but like he was really good at the start of his career and and red oh hot. I got you. Oh God, red, I think this is hot. gonna go over my head. Um, <laughs> I know there's some people watching and listening that are just screaming at you guys right now. Yeah, I'm uh, I am in a he okay. He I was I would say that the player. I don't know that this is to be the case, but in many many ways, it felt like he was a protege of John Randall. Chris Hovan? Oh, dang it. Dang there it. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Those red hair. Okay. How uh, many red hints did I have to drop there yeah. in the last... I was minutes? thinking Irish and yeah, red and... I gave you ginger, I gave yeah. you chucky, and I, I gave you a red, yeah. red hot. There too, Chris uh, Hovan, the twenty fifth overall. Goodbye, Minnesota. That's what you should have said. He's the guy who waved before Tracy Clay's when when he was walking out of the locker room after his last year here, and the reporters were like, "Hey, Chris, can can you talk?" He just kept walking. Said goodbye, Minnesota. Yep. Yep. That was before Tracy Clay's. Goodbye, Minnesota. Freeze my ass off. Freeze my ass off. Okay, that was pathetic. Uh, So Chris Hovan. 
There it is. Boston All right. Well, congrats College, to Judd right? getting off this night. Boston College. You Boston. had the col- you you were on the sense. Boston College. No, I I was thinking Syracuse. Oh, okay. Then but I, it could have been Pitt too. Like there yeah. there's a few football. There's a few good. Oh, okay. All right. So, All right. There it is. That's uh, random Viking of the week here on Purple Daily Minnesota. Daily Vikings Entertainment Feedback Friday tomorrow. Don't forget Vikings Vent Line. The most fan-friendly interactive show in all of Minnesota sports after the Vikings-Cowboys finish up on Sunday. See ya.